But for every metropolitan area, whatever the average starting salary is for our police officers, because we tend to like to pay them decently, not great. They don't get great pay, but decently. Maybe start like teachers shouldn't be paid less than police officers. Let's start there. I know police. I know police officer jobs can be dangerous, but on average, and we have seen the numbers. Uh, police officer is not the most dangerous job. I don't think. I think it's not even the top ten most dangerous job in this country when it comes to like deaths or whatever. What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. We're back. I'm Tavares Ferguson. Ferguson here with my co-host, Rising and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Hey, man, it's uh, it's been a week. It's been a long week. But I just want to say uh, F coronavirus because um, I, I got enough on my plate. 2020 has uh, broke me down. So coronavirus is... Uh, you know, just kind of that icing on the cake to be like, you know what? Here's just a little sprinkle of a little extra for you. Um, so but we learned that in Afghanistan when we were headed to Afghanistan. Remember, like, if you don't have a bad time, let's just throw this all the way wrong. Like, let's, let's <laughs> if it's going to be cold, it might as well be snowing and wet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, just, it, it makes no sense just to be cold. So if you're going to be miserable, let me give you all this misery right here. Sprinkle all the misery you can. Yeah, so 2020, 2020 man. has done it. Yeah. And, and it's just March. So, yeah. That, <laughs> oh, just think about that. Of, happy first day of spring, fellas. Uh, yeah, it is the first day of spring. Um, so, it, but for for I'm still I'm still getting calls, emails, texts checking in on me. I'm getting, um, you know, food trains going, everything. So I just appreciate everybody that's still reaching out, uh, and all of that. So I, I you know, that's going well. Counseling is going great. Found a great counselor. Uh, shout out. Miosha for referring me. Um, Kimberly Williams in Birmingham. If anybody needs a counselor, holla at her, man. Uh, she's awesome. She's awesome with the kids. They're doing really well. You know, just kind of getting through this thing. Uh, grief counseling is different. And so shout out to Politically Entertaining uh, with that latest episode talking about just going to, um, you know, therapy and everything. It, it's huge, man. Counseling makes a big difference. It's helped me get through the week. It helped me get back to work, even though I'm working from home. That's why I say F coronavirus, because it's one of those things that you can't you can't get back to a new normal when nothing's normal and nothing's normal right now. So trying to figure out how we're going to move forward is hard because this isn't what normal is going to look like, you know, come a month from now, two months from now. Or maybe it is. And that's that's something that we probably need to talk about is is this the new normal is society moving to the point where a lot of people that didn't think they could work from home are starting to work from home. Now uh, our company is going to con- continue to kind of go down that route and keep them at home, you know? So it's, it's going to be interesting to see the next week, two weeks uh, month come uh, forward. As we posted on our uh, Instagram page, uh, if 2020 was a person and we posted a picture of Thanos, that's that's exactly what it is. Like it's like the universe is trying to balance itself, man. It's been a rack of bad things going on, but I just want to send a uh, just a, a shake in my head at humanity in, in at large, man. Especially in this country, like 
you guys like that jerk that bought 17,000 bottles of sanitizer or you guys that took all the toilet paper and stuff like we really don't give a about the next man do we like we criticize greedy corporations and stuff all the time and look at us we're no better you know we we snatched up everything in the store and and we don't care who's out as long as we're taking care of them when a lot of that stuff you can find you can make a way around it like you run out of toilet paper wash if you run out of bottled water you know we used to drink water right out the faucet and if you don't trust your faucet boil the water and then drink it later like it's no excuse for how we've been behaving uh, lately during this pandemic, man. And I, I think it's a big shame on us. That's my little soapbox for the minute. Uh, other than that, on a, on a, um, another note, I want to send a shout out to the Film Noir Files. They definitely uh, kept you and all of us in their prayers rising on their latest episode. So thank you, ladies, for that. Again, we enjoyed being on. And uh, as Rizy said, he shouted out my other podcast, Politically Entertaining. I just want to shout out Dr. Geraldine Worthy and Shamaka Mills. You ladies, again, I said it over and over, were outstanding. Thank you again. If you're not subscribed to Politically Entertaining, check it out. It was an interview-only episode and quite informative. So check that out. Man, um, you guys said a mouthful to kick us off. Yes, 2020 has been a beast. I don't know what the new norm is going to look like, Rizzi. Um, this coronavirus has really taken the world and I guess our lives by storm. I mean, I think a month ago we knew about it. We knew it was serious, but it seems like every day it's it's more and more serious. Like now, if I cough wrong, I feel like I'm looking at my cough different. You know, I'm like, OK, does, does my chest hurt? Or do I think my chest hurt? Like now I'm talking about it. I don't even know if my chest really hurt right now. Am I talking about my chest hurting? It makes my chest hurt. There's so some cough shaming going on. Oh yes, definitely. You know, I'm looking at people. They got a cough tracker in the house. Um, shout out to to Lenny and the Bruz bookshelf. He had a post with his. All the kids are home and he's home and everybody has a cough tracker. And I don't know what happens if you lose the game. I guess I don't know if you get kicked off the or voted off the island or whatever the case may be. Definitely. But I mean, it's making everybody look at people differently in in your house, around you. I've been, you know, having to step out the house, you know, for maybe 30, 45 minutes uh, for the last few days to run errands. And it's allergy season. And I mean, I'm telling people like, hey, hey man, that's an allergy. That's 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 a sneeze. That's not one of the symptoms. You know, I almost need a shirt that says these are the symptoms of the coronavirus. So I don't get, you know, lynched or kicked out, but really don't know what's going on, man. But it's it's going to definitely make people look at a lot of things. Our new norm, I know it's looking at making people look at, you know, socialism It's making people look at our healthcare system. It's, it's definitely going to once everything settles down, it's going to make us take a look at what's really going on in the world. Even the way we interact with our neighbors and our allies, you know, could we have handled this better? Could we reach out to other people? You know, what's really going on? Um, so the coronavirus, hopefully we'll be looking back at this in a few months and this will be another time stamp, you know, in our lives where five, 10 years from now, you remember the coronavirus scare, but people take it seriously, stay home. You know, if you, you can continue doing social distancing, I don't think I've been around more than, Outside of running my errands and going to like a grocery store, I try not to be around more than four or five people at a time. 
So have you guys been social distancing yourselves? Or about, as much work? As, about as much as I can. Um, I mean, there's like no tourists in the building. I guess staff has been cut back. Even when the Senate has been voting, you know, McConnell has been asking the members to come like almost one at a time to come vote instead of because usually when they have a vote, all 100 of the senators will, you know, gather on the floor and have small talk. He was like, no small talk, vote and go. So we're trying to, uh, you know, keep the distance. They even opened up another break room for us uh, at the Capitol. <laughs> so so we can uh, so the officers can be kind of spread out a little bit more. So so are you guys stocking up? Are you you, you got your deep freezers full or are you just continuing as normal? Uh, for the most part, continuing as normal. I did go buy some extra stuff today based on some things I heard that may happen. So I, I went and got a few things, but we didn't do anything crazy. We don't have 47 rolls of toilet paper here. I mean, we're good, but we didn't go crazy with it. Yeah, same <laughs> here. I mean, I, I went, I buy bulk anyway. So, yeah. you know, I got plenty of toilet paper and paper towels and you know, same way Byron talked about, I don't need bottled water. I don't even use bottled water in my house. So, you know, unless the water works just goes crazy and we don't get any water, uh, I'm straight on water, everything like that. So I can survive. I mean, we survived off less in Afghanistan. So, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. make it happen. Um, but as far as social distancing, yeah, uh, mainly because I don't want to talk to anybody right now anyway. But, uh, on top of that, you know, I've made a couple runs to Target, those types of things for, to get little stuff. Um, but I make sure the kids stay home. I don't take them with me so that they are not exposed, get in and out. I do the the six feet between people, which is weird, standing in a line. Um, I was at Moe's picking up a to-go order, and it was literally I was halfway through the Moe's line um, because I, I figured that was about six feet before I walked up to the counter. I let the other person check out and everything. So just trying to uh, do what I can to make sure that I'm not right up on anybody. If they cough, it, it don't, it's not going to get to me, uh, that type of thing. But it's 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 hard, truthfully, to, to do the social distancing thing if you do have to go into work. Like, luckily, my job, I can work from home. Uh, so we've been able to work from home and, and we pushed most of our staff out. And I work for a bank. And our bank actually is starting uh, now. They've closed some branches. If it's within 10 miles, it's going to, uh, you know, they'll close those branches. Uh, so then you have to go to one of the other ones that stays open. Uh, they're doing drive through only on most branches. I think uh, very few inside branch or the branches uh, are going to be open inside. So you can go see a banker because they don't want you going in trying to sit down and open a check account unless you really, really have to right now and so uh the bank's doing everything that they can most back office functions are at the house unless you're um considered essential staff yeah essential staff and uh also that your job can't be done at home so you know call center stuff like that but what they're doing is they're doing shift work with the call centers where they're leaving um stations open between everybody so then they can do the six uh feet so your call times might be a little longer. So folks, just be understanding about that. When you call into places that are call centers, you might have a longer wait because they're sh- staggering shifts. So they don't have as many people working on each shift. So things like that are going to uh, change as well. Well, I just saw a post that uh, four minutes ago on CN- well, the CNN app, the governor of California just placed all 40 million of their residents on lockdown. 
So, you know, usually as California does, the rest of the country eventually does. So that's going to be very interesting. What, very, very interesting. Have you seen what the lockdown entails? Because, you know, San Francisco did that. And when you really read through the lockdown, it wasn't really a lockdown. I mean, you know, the, all the exemptions that they put in place. I mean, most people can get I mean, there's still going to be some mistake. It just says stay home. And I don't, I don't even know what time to start because they just show live and people outside jogging and walking their dogs. Well, you, know, so, you know how these people are. So, <laughs> hey, man, it's hilarious. We're not hilarious, taking it serious enough. We're not taking it serious. Enough. But I mean, this thing about it, is, I think people are trying not to overreact. Yeah. Because the more serious people take it, like mass panic is probably the worst thing we can we can experience right now. So that that is, I mm. think, what people are fearing. So, well, I would take this there. You guys caught up on this is us. Yes. Man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So man. good. Man. Episode so good. I just hate the fact that I actually kind of liked Angry Randall. Randall as Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Only the only downfall is he didn't have Beth. Yeah. Yeah. And um she it, makes the show. So I, 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 I cried. You know, and, and crying when you watch This Is Us isn't outside of the realm of possibility anyway, because I cry almost every episode that's, of that's This what Is they Us. Go but, for. Um, yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I actually cried when when they showed Beth because I used to be like Jenica's my Beth. Like Jenica was Beth yeah. to me. Like she called me out on my anxiety. She called me out and like you got to go to uh, counseling. This, that, and the other. Like she really was my Beth. And so yeah, it made me really think of her. It was hard. Um, it was hard last week anyway, trying to kind of ease back into our shows. Yeah. Uh, and so I, some of them I haven't been able to watch. So like Project Runway, I, I can't bring myself. That to watch was not that what one. I expect you to say. That was not the, that. Was, I know, well, but I, I just it, it's yeah. Like you got to think how that that was that was Jenica's yeah. thing that I was watching with her. So that's a little different than like watching This Is Us that we both kind of like, or like watching anime that we watched together. But it was kind of my thing that she was watching with me. But um, that one I just haven't been able to kind of get the nerve up to watch, even though I kind of want to know what happened in the end of the season or whatever. But, um, it's, it's one that I just can't, I, I, I don't, I don't have the energy for that one yet. So, um, you know, don't spoil it for me. If anybody watches you're, it, you're, don't, you're safe. Don't you're safe here. I don't know anything. if Buff wants to uh, do any spoilers for you, but, uh, project runway, <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I, I got nothing. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, fellas, I've been having I've had fun talking to you so far, but um, as you know, it's that time. Let's pay some bills and then we'll get into some questions. All right, fellas, we're back. Hopefully, we can have another good show. Last week really was a uh, a great show. Um, obviously, our most popular show yet. Got a lot of love from that show, so hopefully, we can keep the keep the energy going, keep the people excited about the things we talk about because we had a lot of people i don't know if you guys were getting that saying they they were actually taking notes from some of the things we talked about so that's I, really good you know that's that's what we're here for yeah. so not to beat a dead horse you know uh this has been a crazy crazy 2020 and rising with the, the passing of jenica and just seeing all the love and the things people had to say about her it made me really think more about my legacy. And so my question to you guys is, do you think about your legacy? And what is a legacy to you? And what do you think your legacy will be? 
or is as of now? Yes, I've thought about it, but um, I, uh, I mean, maybe I'll get a better idea of it when I hear you guys answer, but I don't think I really have much of a legacy. I feel like once I pass, you know, it's something I beat myself up about. Like there's so many ideas. I think I've said this on the show before, so many ideas and stuff that I've wanted to do, but procrastination, uh, self doubt, all of that stuff come into play. And I wind up not even like following through with it. And it kind of makes me beat myself up to like, yo, you give me an example. Uh, it's certain books, movies, uh, just things that I think would help people, certain ideas or whatever like that. I've had people say, man, you should, <laughs> you should run for office before. Just, just all kind of things, Ferg, man. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm really going to be not even a footnote when I pass. And I guess that's for the majority of people. So it's not so bad, but. Like growing up, you just had this idea of like, you're going to do something big, you're going to do something major. And I just don't feel like that has happened. So, yeah, I think about my legacy, but as far as what it will be, not sure. I'm going to come back to you. I want to hear what Rosie has to say. Um, Yeah, I definitely thought about my legacy uh, beyond the kids and, and what they are able to do and accomplish. You know, am I a, a Hadia Green where I'm curing cancer with lasers, you know, Mm. no, you know, so it's one of those things that it, I want definitely like I'm doing a scholarship for Jenica. I want to leave a scholarship. I always talked about, you know, one day I want to make enough money to where I can leave a wing on UAB's campus, you know, or, or a building on UAB's campus or something like that. I, I, but you know, am I going to make enough money to be able to do that? I mean, I, Y'all know I have the same as Byron, uh, plenty of ideas. Uh, I, you know, I want to write books and I want to do all these things, but it's like, when do you have the time? I, at one point I was like, I'm going to run for president in 2036. I think is the, the, when it actually happens. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm going to run for office. And, you know, n- now you step back and you rethink all of that. Like, do I want to put that time in? Do I want to put my kids through going through public office and running for public office and everything. Uh, and, and that's kind of the decisions that I don't know if I can really make right now. So I, and going through the ALI learning about what you have to do to be able to be a, a state rep or state Senator, you know, or, or go uh, do something full time on the national level, the, the commitments that you have to do like a part-time as a state rep or one of those part-time positions is very difficult, right? Especially if you're not like self-employed, that's really, really hard to do. Most, most of those reps are self-employed. They're attorneys or something like that, where they can take a month off, roll down to Montgomery and go do their session where it's very difficult to be able to do that while I'm working for a company, right? My company's not going to be like, Oh yeah, just take a month off and go down there and do it. So Something even more local, maybe something that I probably can do, you know, trying to get on city council or something where I'm local and I can do it. I've, I've thought about that. But truthfully, man, I'm not really as much worried about my legacy. I just want to live a good life and, and touch people as much as I can. You know, I definitely, Ferg, I know you work with the lamp lighters. That's one of the things that I think I really want to get more into um, because I remember growing up and being in high school and, you know, the mixes of the world and the D-Robs of the world that helped us out while we were, you know, coming up through IK. And 
leading us down the path of being able to go to college and stuff. And we, me and you, Byron, we probably on that path anyway to be able to get out. But for a lot of the kids that were going through with us, they, they weren't on that path and, and they were able to steer them back on the path to be able to get out of the hood and make something of themselves. And I, and it's not always college. I understand that. You know, it can be technical school. It can be job core if that's what you need to do. Whatever it is, it's something that can get you off the block. It can, it's something that can get you out of just a, a nowhere, no, a dead end job. And so I think that's what I want to uh, do more of is just help people as much as I can here, touch as many lives as I can. Uh, and then I, like I talked about in retirement, I want to, you know, just drive off in the sunset and, and chuck the deuces and say, I've done enough, you know, like they, I can't remember the poem. It was like, good job, my son. And it's like, I, I want God to be able to say that. And I just roll out um, before I die instead of me having to just like work and grind it out to the day I die and still not feel like I accomplished anything. Definitely understood. You guys said a lot, you know, and I actually I didn't think you guys want to go that direction. Just it maybe I look at legacy a little differently. Maybe I look at legacy more of the impact of the people you touch around you. You know, the reason I brought up Jenica is because people who've never met Jenica, Jenica's left a legacy. People saw her, her artwork, her, her effect on you and the kids and the family and the show. You know, those are things to me that are legacy. You know, she can, you know, that, that scholarship can grow and buy a wing at uh, UA. But those people might not never know who she is. They might never be really impacted by her. Her legacy is you, those kids, her family, you know, her mom, the people that she touches, the people she brought together. The people for us to even have this 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 podcast and have this conversation. That's part of her legacy. The fact that you brought up D. Rob and Mix, they have a legacy. How many people, young men and women, did they touch across the over the years? So for me, I mean, you guys have, Buff, I've learned more about politics and things in the last few years listening to uh, Politically Entertaining than I ever would, would have on my own because I, that wasn't my passion. Like you, you, you got me to challenge myself and make myself more aware of what's going on in the world. Finances and stuff like that. If something happened to you today, the impact you had on my life, life and the people around you, I mean, you've touched so many people. Same with you, but those are legacies, you know, to me, you know, everybody wants to have that, you know, the books written about them or whatever the case may be. But it's that what happens when Rise, you may never run for president, but Ali or Sophie might when Jasmine becomes the biggest yeah. black anime artist in the world. And she's talking about how my dad used to buy me markers and bring me books and stuff like that. Speaking which. And when she writes those things, it's <laughs> that's part of your legacy. You 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 impacted those people. And so, you know, my wife and I have a LLC. It's called Ferguson Legacy because it's like all the things we want to do through that is going to build on our family. We want to pass this on the businesses we create, the residual income, the things that's building a legacy. The the funds we create, the 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 jobs and career paths and things we present for our kids. That's our goal. It might be lofty. You know, it might not get us a a a building at FAMU, but it will give my kids something different than what I grew up with. It's going to give them I want my kids to see us 
making money, you know, from a nine to five. Okay, my dad and mom are grinding, but not only they grind grinding nine to five, they were investing smart. They were grinding, you know, doing their own thing. They were making money on their on their own. Hey, my parents were both were able to retire by the time you know my dad was fifty. You know, when we went off to college, my parents bought us all houses and all this stuff. Like, so we're creating a new norm for our family. Now we're creating a legacy. So the things I do for my kids. I expect them to do that and more for their kids. And so gradually that legacy that it started, it starts with me and my wife, you know, Z and I talk about that all the time, the things we're trying to do now, the fact that, you know, growing up, I never saw happy marriages like that. So Rozzy, your kids will always know what love looks like. They will always know what love looks like, but Jasmine knows what a strong father and a great mother and a great household looks like. That's part of a legacy because you didn't have it. I didn't have it. Rosie, you had a strong family base, but you know, that's rare. When I talk to people about growing up and seeing married couples that I can look up to, your parents are one of the few out of all the people I've met in my life that I can say I, I, I they did it right. You know, their kids, they, you know, they stayed married. They had fun. They raised their kids together. There's there's a strong family base. I don't see that a lot. Your parents have created a legacy that's spiraling down to you. That's going to spiral down to your kids and your nieces and your nephews. So I think about legacy all the time and taking pride in that and not just those big lofty goals. It's like, what am I doing today that's going to impact four or five? I have six generations from now. At one point, I said I wanted to, and I got to do better at this. And I and I have created it, and I haven't created it for my son. I created an email for my daughter, and I wanted to create it. For, I need to create it for my son, where I want to send email messages and take pictures and get notes of things that are going on in my life or things I experienced with them to always share those moments with them. So if God forbid something happens to me, they know what I know. I can pass on as much of that information as possible. And that was something I want to pass on that legacy because I might out, you know, tomorrow's not promised. We all know that now better now than ever. So what can we pass mm-hmm. on? You know, how how much of an impact do you have? So I'm going to shut up right now because I love talking about building a legacy. I love talking <laughs> about, hey, what are you going to do? So I don't know if that changed your answer a little bit, Buff, gave you a little insight on it. You know, are you still tough on yourself or? Well, I, I, I definitely was thinking on a larger scale. And even in Razio's answer, when he said, uh, you know, he thinks about the people that he touched on a on a daily basis or whatever. You know, that I can't point to that. Like, uh, I have a cousin on Tabitha's side of the family in Texas. She always tells me how much she uh, looks up to me and has helped me. She asked me for advice. Anything good that happens to her. Like, just recently, she bought her, her own car, her first car. I think she just turned... 21 or whatever. She bought her first car on her own and she shared it with me. So things like that. Um, I've had uh, Senate pages that I talked to at work. For those that don't know, they're like high school kids that go to school for a semester at the Capitol and they work with the Senate. You know, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll ask certain things and when they get ready to graduate, they'll tell me they appreciate it. So on the smaller scale, when you think about it like that, then yeah. So, but I don't even think it's a smaller scale. I think you <clears throat> underestimate, and I learned this through the lamplighters, like you were saying, Rosie, because I'm sitting there, I'm very tough on myself, and I'm like, I wish we were doing this. I want to do more. And I want to do more. And the parents mm-hmm. that come to me, 
like, man, the impact you're having on my son, the way they talk about the program. I'm like, well, I'm glad somebody's enjoying it because I'm, I'm, man, I'm thinking I'm BSing. Like, man, I wanted to do this and we should be here and da 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 compared to what we see over there. And it's, it's different. You never know the impact. My siblings, I think uh, so many of them have come to me and I'm not saying that to brag, but they're like, you know what? You're my role model. My older sister, you know, she, she often says like, you know what? You have restored my faith in men. And I'm kind of like, really? Like, I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm a good dude, but you don't realize how people are looking at you from afar and the impact that you have. My nieces, I talk to them all the time and, you know, trying to show them a positive, another positive, because they all have fathers in their life at some level, you know, but another positive male role model. You know, I have younger cousins that come to me that are hit me up out on Facebook, like, man, cuz, you know, man, I just want you to know I'll look up to you. And I'm like, dude, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. I didn't even know, you know, you were paying attention to me on Facebook or paying attention to me on Instagram. You know, like, you never know, you know, all the things you're doing, you know, who you're inspiring to do a uh, start a podcast today. My bad. Anything else, uh, Rising Buff, on that? No, I, I, I mean, I think you hit, hit it on the head. It, it's, we have to stop thinking about legacy as something that's going to go down in the history books and start thinking about legacy as what actually moves through the generations and advances the people around us, the culture around us, the society around us. Uh, even if it's in our, you know, 10 mile radius around our city just and just being there instead of trying to affect it on a national scale or be so big that, you know, we go and we're getting written about or we have that because I, I think that's what everybody wants is they want the celebrity part of it, not necessarily the legacy. What really made me think of this one day and we all know Lenny now. So my line brother Lenny said this one point in time, uh, he was talking about his mentor. And it made him think about, he's, I think he said something to, and I paraphrase, you know, this dude was almost like a father to me. And it made him think, he's like, man, one of my goals in life is for none of my kids to ever say another man is like a father to me because he wanted to impact his kids that much. But then on the flip side of like mentoring, and I'm not saying I'm there with these kids yet, but for some of these kids, myself and my team are probably the most positive male role models they, they have in their lives. So for some of these guys, especially the younger guys, as we continue the relationships, you might end up being like the father to these kids. Like, so that when I look at legacy, it's like, man, it, it might not be national. It might be very small, but think about every speech you hear from the famous person. It's they're thanking somebody who put that spark in them. You know, my high school football coach or my acting coach or my pastor or my uncle or my dad or my mom. Those are things that live on. And um, that's my goal is to try to touch person first and foremost, my family, you know, my immediate family, my wife, my kids, you know, my siblings and moving forward. You know, but that's that's my legacy. I want my kids to be able to, you know, Rizzy, looking at your family you know, the connection you guys have talking to some of your siblings this week, past weekend, when they were talking about some of the things you guys want to do together as a family investment wise, you know, look into that. That's that's a legacy where your kids start investing with their cousins. And sooner or later, there's like multiple Macarella just businesses popping up or uh, business opportunities and everybody's living, you know, everybody's winning. That's your yeah. parents legacy. 
I definitely can't wait to hear what Jasmine thinks of me when she gets older. I want to hear, you know, what kind of job I did as a parent. I, I look. Oh yeah, we're gonna all we all we all suck as parents. When, yeah, when yeah. Because you you could think you're doing great, but she'd be like, yeah, well. We didn't have shrimp as much as I wanted for dinner growing up. Ollie, Ollie, in this breakdown he had today, because I won't let him play Cuphead. I'm like, it is 12 plus. <laughs> when you turn 12, you can play yeah. Cuphead. These uh-huh. kids, man. But that's that's the thing, you know. My my kids have grown up in the nicest house I've ever stayed in. That's their norm. Yeah. You know, like. Our kids, what they're experiencing—that's their norm. That's what—that's what you know. You've been able to provide them, so yeah, we're always going to have issues. I grew up in a garage apartment in Pritchett. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> it was funny though. The thing was, we didn't know we were poor until we stopped being poor yeah. and looked back. Like when we were there, that was the norm, man. It was like. Oh yeah, we found this picnic table on the side of the road, and we just gonna bring it in the kitchen and throw a little a laminate on top of it, and boom, we got us a kitchen I, table. I forgot about that I, table. I, I, that was a real. That's, that was a, that was in a makeshift store. That's a real story. What? I kind of exactly. knew when I went over my cousin's house. Sometimes I was like, "What's oh, with all these TV channels?" Herschel. <laughs> yeah, they were balling. They were balling. But the thing about it is, uh, it was crazy because. My mom did such a great job of letting us know, not letting us know we were broke because we always have food. Maggie kept that house immaculate. And I, you I know, since I poor, we definitely did. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how I didn't understand our financial situation. But the thing about it, because that was the norm, and our norm was actually better than a lot of people's norms. You know, I never thought about it. I think that most I thought about it when when it came to like out of uniform day and people were buying, you know, people had the fresh heel figure outfits or whatever the case was. Byron his Nautica. Byron was a Nautica fan. Uh, yeah, you right. know. I had shirt, socks, shoes, belt, <laughs> cologne, uh, jacket. And you say you everything. Were, I felt like you were balling. Well, yeah. no, I, I was that working by then. Was I was working. Not even I was working lie. by then. Yeah, I was a, I was a, I was a horsey man. I was all about that polo. <laughs> but uh, let's keep the party going, fellas. You want to go on the next rise or me? Yeah, I'll I'll take it. Um, because I've been seeing a lot of posts about you know people having to homeschool their kids or school their kids while they're out of school, and, and um, I just looked up the national average for a teacher in America. And I think it's right at $32,000, a year here in Alabama is 31. I think in Texas it's like 38. So I want to hear your guys thoughts on what should a teacher be mm. making? Mm. Wow. Wow. Now I, and, and, and taking to mind, I mean, they, they, they work 180 days a year. So most people work about 260 ish. They work 180 that's the number of days that they uh, they are actually contracted for because most teachers are contracted on an annual basis uh, through the school year. You sound like so, a straight Republican right you know, now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm 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 giving the full context gotcha. of it all when you uh, give your answer. Is is I mean you, you have know to what? Screw that because they nope, don't work nope, as many nope, uh, nope, days. No, nope, no, nope. I say put them on a salary because as a salary employee, I can work four hours a week 
And as long as I get my job done, I meet my, my, my standards, then I can make good money. What so I, huh? Yeah. So, they so I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about it hourly. I wouldn't think about it to the point where, okay, they're only working eight, 180 days because you look at a lot of salaried employees that might work, you know, 20 hours a week, you know? So when you add it up to a regular work week, they're only working 180, 180 days a year. So I wouldn't say about how much they work. I think about the impact and the importance of it. Um, whew. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that is a tough one. <laughs> what, are, what are other countries doing? <laughs> like I, my thing is like, is all, why reinvent the wheel? If there's a, if there's a group that has a higher, you know, higher base, higher salary, they're producing, they're getting better production out of their kids. And I don't know if it's linked to money, then why not look into that? So Switzerland average teacher salary is 69,000. Germany is 61,000. Norway is 47 and Denmark is 46. And so those are top four. And then Luxembourg has the highest and they don't have their salary, but it's like exorbitant. Does, does that help you answer any further? <laughs> Yeah, Luxembourg is seventy nine thousand a year. I think I'm trying to think this. I'm trying to think of because uh, we're talking about can we say I, average? I think you start about sixty to sixty five. I want to remind you that we have a couple of school teachers as listeners on this show. Oh, oh definitely. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think I think starting sixty to sixty five. You know, I think that's a you know coming out of college. The average person would be really excited about, you know, and maybe I'm just I'm just giving the truth, my truth of being broke or coming out of college, you know, 60 to 65 thousand dollars, you know, in sales or engineering or marketing or something like that. I think that's around kind of the entry level. That's about yeah. your average. Your entry level is probably going to be in the 35, 40s, you know, fresh out of college. Sales and stuff like that. Sales, engineering, something like that. Something where you have a... Sales, you're, that's going to be your base salary. Then you yeah, have the upside so my thing is I, w- um, I would do something like that is, you know, 60, 65, no less than 50, though. I just, I feel like they should be, I think they should make a, make a decent, a decent living at and more, you know, like the impact they have. And as they grow and they have more experience, and I don't know if there's a, I don't want to say a grading system, you know, because I don't want them to teach to, you know, teach to test. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe we should have some teachers ask that question. So answer that question. So uh, Byron, Rosie, please save me. Well, as you as you <laughs> may or may not know, I know you guys know, but the listeners may or may not know. My mom was a teacher, fourth grade teacher. Um but I answer the question like this, because this is a very complicated question and it has a complicated answer, Rosie. To me, we have to decide what we want our teachers to be. Because if they get a, if they if we're gonna pay them more, we're the ones that are gonna be paying it to our tax dollars. But we have to decide what we want them to be. Because right now, we're asking school teachers to be security guards, social workers, teachers, parents psychiatrists almost like we're asking them to do a lot of things. If there's a fight in their classroom, we expect them to break it up. If 
if a kid comes to school with marks and bruises on their face or something, we're expecting them to notify the proper authorities. We're expecting them to teach our kids. We're expecting them to be, uh, you know, somewhat empathetic to what's going on in their home life. We're, we expect teachers to do too much for them to average just, and that's average, which means some teachers are making less than 31000 yeah, exactly. in this country. So that is far too little money for the things that we ask them to do. On the flip side, teachers have a very secure, like once you're in, I think, I think once they've been teaching for two years, three years, they become tenured. Uh, so it's a very secure job. It's very hard to get fired as a teacher. So uh, you keep that job security. And if we want to scale back their duties or whatever, then maybe not pay them as much, but for what we ask them to do now, I don't want to put a dollar amount on it, but definitely a lot more than the average of $31,000. And we're going to have to call for more money on our tax dollars to do that. And and maybe we like I know some people may hear this and say, well, look, it's a lot of sorry teachers out there. Yeah, it's, it's also a lot of sorry doctors and dentists and police officers and sorry people in every field. Uh, but we can definitely see about, I don't know, better training for teachers, better uh, certification for them or whatever, whatever the case may be. But we all need to come together and decide on what we want teachers to be, because right now we're asking them to do too much. And some teachers may need hazard pay, depending on what city they're in, <laughs> some of these public school areas. So all of that needs to play a factor, man. So I, I hate to put a dollar amount on that. I, I know that's kind of chickening out on your question, Rosie, but I'm going to say my answer is definitely more. And if not more, if you're one of those people that say not more, then let's scale back the duties. When the, when a fight breaks out in their class, <laughs> man, you know, maybe call somebody on the intercom or whatever, but don't don't expect them to break it up. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and, and the thing is, you know how when uh, you were talking about that legacy and people say you should go into politics, that answer explains why you should go into politics. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You dodged that one like the Matrix, man. It's like... <laughs> but, <laughs> But no, I, I I agree, man. I think it's one of those things that I I, I don't have an uh, a a number. Okay, oh, so uh, hell no. So number, I gotta get the number. I do. No, no, no. Uh, I I I I agree with you. And when you were like over fifty, I I think it definitely needs to be over fifty. Uh, for the average salary, um, probably closer to the sixties, and mainly. Because, like you said, that's the average. So that means that's the top of your bell curve. That's your 50th percentile. Your entry levels are probably going to be coming in. I think that 31 needs to be the entry level-ish uh, for Alabama, say Alabama. Uh, and so then once you get to your your 10-year teacher, your 15-year teacher, uh, that's where they're making 65, 70. And I know administration, you can get into the six figures. And that's a lot of times why a lot of the better teachers, they actually end up going into administration and they won't stay teaching because of the, the just how the many, pay how many good it people all. are we losing? Uh, though? And how I, many good people will not go into teaching because there's no way in hell I'm starting off making $31,000. Like, they, they don't start best case scenario. And that's, so my that's thing more is set them to mm-hmm. pay them more because you want to attract better candidates. Yeah, it's like we it's too much yep. true risk. You know, like teacher at, I mean, my hat's off to any educators. I mentor and I I don't see how you guys do it. For one, not just because of the, it's just the 
you get attached to these kids. You unless you've been in these schools and see some of these things that are going on with these kids up close and personal, that that it's amazing. And so I gained more respect with them during mentoring. Like I mentored at a school for a while. I'm we were mentoring second and third graders, and man, that's going on in these classrooms today is ridiculous. Then you throw in these high schoolers and you're telling me that that's all you're going to pay me to do. Like you said, I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a, I'm a freaking, I'm a martial artist. I'm like, you got counselor. Like you do all this. I'm supposed to teach troubled kids, kids that have, you know, like it's all this stuff. And this is what you, this is all you can pay. I had to work to get this. So not only do you maybe lose out on good talent, it's what do you expect for what you, 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 you pay, you get what you pay for. And my thing is Mm -hmm. the, the risk is too much, too great. Like, okay. If you knew Byron Rizzi, I can send my, my kid to a school where a teacher is going to make $30,000 or the teacher is going to make $75,000. And the way they pour into my kid is going to dictate my kid's future. That's exactly what happens now. That's that's why property taxes fund the um, the school systems and they won't actually take it out of the property taxes and put it into the general fund. And it's because Hoover can pay their teachers 15 to 20 percent more than Birmingham can because the property taxes are so different there. So, you know, because Hoover has the, the money to be able to uh, charge. Yeah, I mean, taxes. we talked about, we talked so about that. That's exactly we talked what about they do. Early episode, but th- that's the thing is like, so the risk are t- we're falling behind. The U.S. education system is slow. Not slowly. It's just it's we're 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 losing pace. We can't keep up with a lot of our competitors, and that's a part of it. You know the way the way we look at the education system. You know we have some of these kids who were troubled kids in school. Now our parents of troubled kids. They didn't value they didn't value school when they were in school. Now they have kids and they still don't value school, but they still want this teacher to get get paid $30,000, save their kids' lives, save this, do all this stuff. I mean, I get the entry level, but it's like, okay, my teacher, my kid could be in Byron's class. He's been there for five years, so he makes $40,000. Or they can be in Rosie's class. He's been there for his first year and he makes $30,000. Not saying the money is going to motivate you, but... Maybe maybe Byron's gonna put a little more extra work in because that that ten thousand dollars makes his life a little easier. It's like you can't afford we can't afford to let them check out because of finances. And don't forget, for every school shooting we have, what is it now? We're asking teachers to tool up now. We're asking them to be strapped. You know, what yeah. I mean? so maybe yeah. a good starting point, and I'm not saying we can end it here, they probably can get paid more. But for every metropolitan area, whatever the average starting salary is for our police officers, because we tend to like to pay them decently, not great. They don't get great pay, but decently. Maybe start like teachers shouldn't be paid less than police officers. Let's start there. I know police. I know police officer jobs can be dangerous, but on average, and we have seen the numbers. Police officer is not the most dangerous job. I don't think I think it's not even the top 10 most dangerous job in this country when it comes to like deaths or whatever. So 
no less than police officers. Let's start there. And then depending on what else you're asking them to do, if they teach music, if they also teach uh, something else at that school or whatever they bring to the table, their pay can go up, whatever type of certifications they have, it can go up and, and we can go from there. But I'll, I'll, you wanted a dollar amount. So there's that. I know in Washington, D.C., I think the starting salary for Washington Metropolitan Officers is like 48, 49, maybe 50,000. So start there and maybe work your way up from there. Nice. I like Good that. Good job. <laughs> yeah. See, we knew, we knew, we knew once the politician got in it, he'd, he'd figure out a way to uh, make it happen. Uh, so uh, I guess it's on me to bring it home. Yeah, let's do it. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been debating between these two questions. So let's see. Uh, I, you know what? I'll let you guys choose. One question is about family. The other question is is about us personally. Let's go family. Is one I'm I'm okay. on a family okay. kid. Okay, I'll, I'll yield a rising. Okay, I I got the the next one. The other one will be for next week then. Okay, so uh, Ferg, you started it off. Your question was inspired by Jenica, and you know when that type of thing happens, family comes together and things. But I wanted to ask you guys this about family. Because my mom tends to do this from time to time. Every time she visits, she'll be like, well, you know, growing up, such and such did this. Or, you know, growing up, such and such was gay or they're adopted. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Nobody told me this. This is my first time learning it. Like family secrets. I want to talk to you guys about family secrets. Have you learned any secrets about your family that you didn't know as a kid, but once you were an adult? You know, it just came out in casual conversation. And I don't know if you want to say what that secret is. Hopefully you do. But what was it? But uh, generally, has a family secret come out in your adult life that you had no idea as a kid? You know, I'm trying to think for me. I don't think so. My my family was really <laughs> open, as y'all can y'all, y'all know, like. Wasn't, wasn't a whole lot of secrets running around my family, so that that that's the reason why I couldn't lie. And Ferg's talked about that a couple of times. I'm, I'm horrible at it, and because we just we just never lied to each other. We just like here's here's what it is. And so if somebody was gay, we knew it wasn't a you know they, they do the little hand gesture, uh, you know, like <laughs> uh, the flimsy wrist. Uh, you know, they they might do that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know they'll, they'll do that, but uh, you know we knew, and and I think everybody knew, or um, you know the the whole that's that's their roommate. Yeah. You know you hear that one a couple times, uh, but yeah, you know, we 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 were aware enough that we knew what was going on, and and we just didn't care, and and so. I, I'm trying to think. I don't really think there was many secrets that we just really had. Um, nah, nah, man. We, we we were too open. We just bad at it. I, okay. Nah, I don't think there was many family secrets, especially in my house. And if you know anything about my family, my family's so laid back that, you know, we really didn't get into each other's business like that anyway. Uh, uh, let me try to think. I think the biggest, I think the biggest family secret was Certain certain adults who might have had some drug addictions yeah, that we never talked about. That's always a big 
you know, it was just always, you know, mm-hmm. they going through their thing or whatever the case may be, or you know how they are, or, or don't leave your purse around uncle da da da, or don't leave your purse, or, or don't give them any money, you know, it was those things, but they never quite told it until you got old to be like, oh, <laughs> well, you know, that's why she never kept da da da, or you know, that's why nobody let the kids come over to his house, or you know, it's like, Oh, yeah. Oh, see, that was sweet. My mom would be like, you know, such and such strong out. That was my thing. <laughs> she used to say on that stuff. That, that's what they used to say on that uh, stuff. Something like that, yeah. But that was her, that was her thing. Strong out was her one. But uh, yeah, on that stuff. That you'll see, you'll hear that one every once in a while. I wasn't observant so. enough. Like, I just took people for face value and just loved everybody for themselves. So I'm just like, okay, he's kind of weird or she's kind of weird or, you know. That 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 uncle's I, I a lot will, of fun, or that aunt's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I will I, come to think of it, though. I do remember the the promiscuous family member. Um, that that was that was one that uh got you know it, you kind of knew, but uh, until we got older, they just like you said, just kind of in random conversation, you figure out that oh she works on <laughs> like oh okay. <laughs> Like, oh man! <laughs> Wait a minute. Were you talking about your family member? You just call your family member? Oh okay. no, no, no! Oh, I, I know oh. it would. You I'm just, just saying. I didn't call her. Just realized she was. But no, I mean, but I mean, as you get older, you just start realizing, like, maybe not just secrets, like how messed up certain things were. Like, now that I'm an adult and I see how like things were going on. Or how people treated their kids, or it's like, yo, that was kind of f-ed up, you know. Like you, you know, I have a huge family on both sides, so you saw a lot of, and then I had a stepdad who had a lot of uh, family too. So it was just, you just kind of like, yeah, man, uh, that's messed up, and we wonder why he or she turned out this way, or all this stuff. You know, it's it's tough. Um, family secrets. I don't think I've. I think I kind of just kept. I was close enough, but I kept enough distance to not get into a lot of the family drama or the secrets and stuff like that. I still be finding, out, oh, nigga, I ain't even much know that. So, so, so the so the next time we're all together, I will tell you guys some of my uh, more salacious uh, <laughs> secrets. But I, I still got to go home to Mobile <laughs> from time to time, so I'll just give you a couple of the, the safe ones and. I remember one was learning that my cousin was adopted because when my aunt brought her home, I was like five or six. And I remember we went over there to meet her and I was like, but I don't remember her pregnant. But, but you know, it it still wasn't hitting me though. So and then when I got older, it's like, Oh, okay. um, I got other cousins that were, they, they were adopted, but, they were in the family. So like one uncle, it was one of the uncle's biological kids, but because he wasn't ready to take care of a child, another aunt in the family took them in and raised them. And like, I didn't know that for the longest. I thought that was always, cause they're older than me. So I always thought that was their child. I had no idea or whatever, but it's crazy how people did that back in the day. Yes. Yes. People barely want their own kids now. Mm -hmm. And and my dad, man, love him to death, you know, may he rest in peace. But, you know, I remember my my bike getting stolen in Pritchett 
And uh, another time, our house got broken into and some things got stolen. Matter of fact, it was so messed up. I had borrowed my cousin's Sega Genesis. They had left it over there. <laughs> and that one, they got caught up in it. They say the Genesis got stolen <laughs> with my Nintendo. They was heated. They say, man, you want us to say the Genesis? I'm like, no, I don't. I ain't stealing. <laughs> but uh, later, you did life, later in life, my mom said, you know, kind of said, you know, dad was having some issues and he took the stuff. And I was like, word? Pop stole my, the way I cried over this stuff. Man, I could. Did he see you cry? I think she did. I don't know. I was hurt when my bike came up missing, man. But the best, the, I will say this, man, the best secret wasn't even a secret in our family. And that is, I had an uncle who had two girlfriends that, like, knew about each other. Like, they come to family functions and stuff. Like, one would watch the other one's kids sometimes. Like, it was crazy. And it was just, like, normal. Like, nobody... It wasn't even awkward. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, he didn't bring them both around at the same time, but, like, one would leave right before the other one would show up. Like, he kept them apart, but they knew about each other. Like I say, they one of the kids would be over the other kid's house because they were brothers. They wanted to play with one another. So that's, like, crazy. Like, when I was a kid, that didn't seem like a big deal. But as I got older, I'm like, yo, how the hell did he pull that off? Dog, the, the, the shit that was going on that we that was our norm when you look at it as an adult, like so so run that by me again? Okay, like, so they know each other and you still date both of them. Yes, yes, dude. That's and right. you call both of them auntie, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm pretty sure your 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 mom and them call them sister in law and all that good stuff. And yeah, yes. you know. Yeah. Hey, sister-in-law. Yeah, all that good one stuff. Of was, one of them was smart. She tried to get in close to my mom. Like she even like went to the same church as my mom and stuff. Oh. <laughs> Hazel was a gatekeeper. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, it's it's just crazy, man. I, I've already said too much. Uh, please don't <laughs> ban me from Mobile family. It's just it's just good times. It's just good conversation. That's all. That's all. Oh man, that's hilarious. Oh, oh man, I'm gonna have to think about some of these family secrets. So, listeners, you've got to let you, let us know these family secrets that you found out. You can um, use made up names if you like, you know. Yes. Uh, but just just say their title, like aunt and nephew or whatever, like that. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Well, fellas, it's been a fun show, man. A little lighter than last week, but fun nevertheless, man. I enjoyed enjoyed as usual. So. Try to leave us with anything, guys. You want to close us out? What, what do you got for us, uh, Rizzy? Um, Again, like I said last week, man, um, this is therapy for me. Just being able to sit and laugh with you guys for the hour makes just one hour of distraction, man. So I appreciate you guys being here for it. Um, just, you know, bringing me up so that I'm not always down. And, and so that's why we do it every week or that's why I do it every week. And, and I'm going to keep, keep doing it. So, uh, we'll be seeing y'all next week. J- y'all just keep listening and liking and sharing yeah. and subscribing, yeah. listening again. See, he, he I'm, getting it. I'm getting it. He's almost there. Almost there. I just want to send a shout out to the people that are buying the merchandise. Um, for for the main reason, like we don't really get we don't get any profit off of that stuff. For us, it's just you helping us get the word out there. Like when people see you wearing Three Brothers No Sense. 
it usually prompts a question or whatever. So that's the part that we appreciate the most. So thank you. Continue to buy. Also, man, the love you guys showed us on our last episode, like that was, that was very tough for us. Uh, we hope that you found it respectful and most of you guys did. Um, we definitely loved her. We love this guy that we do this show with in Arazio. And so I am glad that you guys appreciated that show so much so that it's like the, the most listened to show ever. So thank you for that. Um, and it's still going to be tough. It's always going to be tough moments going forward. I think Ferg said it last week. The show will never be the same. It never will be. And she was like a part of the show. So we thank you for, uh, you know, just sharing in that with us. Continue to share. Please subscribe. Tell people about the show and continue to comment on our social media, Facebook, Instagram. Three Brothers No Sense. Well, I'm going to leave off. Pick up my other two brothers left off. First of all, I want to thank all our listeners for all your support for Rozzy and his family, for us. Um, even the people that reached out for Jenica and her family, you know, it, it's it's a tough time for everybody. And, you know, I I will say on behalf of the three brothers, want to keep everybody prayed up. You know, our goal is to kind of use this as a, like Rosie said, a therapy to go through it. And, you know, it it, it is what it is. But um, more importantly, you know, this is for, Jenica, you know, we, we still love you. We still think about you. We do, we do these shows for you and we're just going to take care of Rosie. And for our listeners who are at home during this coronavirus crisis, please share this podcast with your friends, your family. Let's make this huge. Go binge and go listen to your favorite episodes. Go um, share your favorite episodes with people. Put it on Facebook, share it. Tag us. We want to know what you're talking about. Let's bring up some conversations. Let's get the let's get the energy back in the three brothers room. You know, we're all family here. So as I always say, it's coronavirus time. So if you're ever going to do and follow the six rules of podcast, please listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Go out and binge three brothers. No sense. I'm Tavares Ferguson. I'll let you next week. <laughs>